Welcome to the Boutique Hotel News podcast. Here we share the latest news, comment and opinion from across the boutique, luxury and lifestyle sectors, along with thought-provoking interviews with industry leaders. My name's Eloise Hansen, news editor at BHN and host of this week's episode. Here I'm speaking with Martin Picard, co-founder and global head of real estate at Sonder, about how the company has developed its strategy throughout the pandemic the group's expansion plans and changing consumer behaviour. Well, thanks so much for joining me on the show today, Martin. Um, I'd like to begin with a question around landlord behaviour, as um, I've hosted many or a couple of webinars now around how the the tenant and, and landlord relationship or that dynamic has changed. So I'm curious to hear from your point of view, how has the pandemic changed landlord behavior towards leasing their assets yeah i think you know we've seen we've actually seen quite uh, an evolution there over the last two years where there is i think a lot more focus on the operator's balance sheet and and but really diving into the details and, and the mechanics of how their specific business model operates as opposed to just kind of looking at at sheer numbers um, so we've got, you know, I think landlords are, are asking a lot more questions about, um, you know, the details of how, how we're able to generate a, a, such an attractive profit. Uh, we're also seeing that from lenders. So I think, broadly speaking, just a lot more um, deep dives that we're seeing from landlords uh, as they're looking at our financials, asking a lot more uh, economic questions than just kind of looking at numbers on the surface. Mm-hmm. So how has the pandemic then, and, and perhaps the, the failure of other master lease-based operators made Sonda rethink its strategy? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've, this is something that we actually gave quite a bit of thought to prior to the pandemic um, in terms of how can we build a business model that is, even though we are uh, leasing assets that has a lot more flexibility uh, built into it. Um, so how, how would our business model react to different economic conditions? So we spent a lot of time thinking through that, that piece um, and kind of goes back to uh, just, yeah, landlords spending a lot more time diving into the model, understanding the mechanics of how, how we make money what kind of, how flexible is our business model? Mm-hmm. Um, how would we be able to capture different use cases? And what we've seen uh, is actually, and this started in early 2020, but is a lot more appetite from landlords to shift towards, um, slightly shift away from the uh, you know, leasing model and actually introducing a lot more mixed lease structures, uh, a lot more revenue, revenue share agreement type agreements, um, so aligning the interests, but also them having a lot more exposure to some of the benefits that our model have to offer, which is, again, that sort of the flexibility, the fact that we can go out and capture a lot more use cases, you know, because we're able to do to capture some of those longer term stays, um, because we have a model that is a lot more, a lot lighter, and a lot more, um, a lot that leverages technology a lot more than, than other traditional uh, hoteliers. I think that tech-enabled model lends itself for um, great scalability, but also across those different uses. I mean, I covered news that Sonda has signed a hotel 
I believe it was in France. Was it in Paris? If my right. if my uh, yeah. if my knowledge is correct, I mean, when you then take on a property, what exactly do you look for? Yeah, I mean, you know, we our our goal or our mission is to be the the largest hospital, largest and most loved hospitality company in the world. Um, that means that we need to be in all the kind of high traffic, high demand areas. So obviously, mm-hmm. as as any hotelier would tell you, you know, location is is super important. Um, so you know, is this a great location? I think we also like to provide a more authentic experience, mm-hmm. and and for that reason, we also will kind of seek out these areas, these parts of towns that are perhaps. Uh, you wouldn't find some of these larger hotel brands and we're able to go in there and operate some of these smaller assets just as efficiently. So really we're looking for, um, you know, great locations, assets that we think will be, you know, amazing for the brand, uh, fantastic real estate partners. You know, we, a lot of our, a lot of the, the deals that we're doing are with repeat landlords. So partners that we feel like we can scale with, um, we're, that, that have sort of the, that will have the attention to detail that we also care about, that we'll be able to deliver that, that amazing experience. And I've seen a great investor appetite in resort locations or what you might call maybe sun and beach markets. And I wonder if, if these are destinations that, are, that appeals to, to you guys. So far, we've spent most of our time growing in these big urban centers. Um, and I'd say that that's where we've really our, our model so far has been outstanding and we've been able to uh, learn a lot and, 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 and refine the, the approach in these, in these areas. Um, there's a lot of things that we wanna do to a certain extent. It's a bit of, a, it's a bit of more of a sequencing kind of question. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we're now in Dubai, we are in Barcelona, we are in Palm Spring in, in the US. So we are sort of, adding some of more of these sun destinations uh, to the portfolio. There's more to come, um, but there's a lot of depth that we can go get in our existing markets. Mm-hmm. You know, we have right now between what's live and what's contracted, we have about 16,000 units. We're gonna end the year with about 18,000 units, but um, in most of our markets, most of our big markets, we're really a very, very small fraction of the total supply in a given city. So there's a lot more depth to go get, but we're definitely looking at, at some of these sun and beach destinations and, and, and we'll be adding some of those in the next few years. And so then looking widely, what are your key target areas for new territories? I'd say the big, the big push is, uh, the big in terms of new territories, really the focus is gonna be on EMEA. You know, we have a pretty good stronghold in the US, we are in, the top 25 cities there. Uh, you know, right now we're in about, a, about um, we have teams that are working in, on, on about uh, a dozen cities in Europe, mm-hmm. um, but the opportunity is massive and we wanna, we wanna capture it. And again, you know, the fact that our model can operate really successfully uh, some of these smaller properties is, is a real, is a huge advantage for us. Uh, in Europe, and uh, there's just so many of these iconic destinations that we want to uh, we want to we want to have product in. So really, the big focus for the next few years and, and the biggest area of growth for us uh, will be EMEA. Nice. And 
I'd be curious to hear whether you're seeing um, a shift in what travellers or consumers are now seeking from their stays. You mentioned earlier, Martin, that, um, for example, the pivot to the longer stay model with people relocating, the mobile workforce are able to just pack up and go. So are you noticing any shifts? Well, the, the, I think the biggest shift is, that we've seen is in the length of stay, mm-hmm. where, you know, prior to the pandemic, we were sort of seeing somewhere between two to four nights, depending on whether it's our hotel product or sort of our apartment product. Um, that has gone up tremendously, uh, especially as people are either uh, deciding to work on the road, if you will, Uh, as people are sort of deciding to do these longer trips where they will work from somewhere and combine that with with leisure. Um, And as a result, there's a lot more, um, you know, how we think about the type of of stay that we can deliver with the kind of experience, the type of space and what kind of setup you want when you're traveling for say 10 days to a city as opposed to staying there for two nights. Um, we think that that's something that's going to stay for a while. So we've spent a lot of time thinking about how do we deliver uh, the, a better experience for someone who's staying with us for 10 nights as opposed to two nights. And as you can imagine, it's very different. So um, that's probably the biggest shift that we've seen over the last two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, my next question was um, actually touching on this idea as to whether this change in the length of stay is going to lead to a long-term or maybe permanent change in the hotel product. In which case, let's flip it on its head and let's look at the short-term market. What do you think hotels can learn from the short-term rental segment? Well, I would start by saying, I think both sides can learn a little bit from each other. Um, But in terms of what the hotels can learn from the the short-term rental segment, I think the short-term rental segment is more in tune with what millennials Mm. want uh, in terms of experience and are better set up for these longer-term stays. Uh, This is where I think hotels have the most to learn. And, you know, it's not just about providing a a larger space. I think it's just how you think through the entire service model. And what we've noticed is when people are staying for a longer period of time, they want to be a lot, uh, a lot more uh, independent, autonomous in their, in their experience. Mm-hmm. And that's where technology for us has really served us well, where people, um, if they're staying there for 10 days, they may not want to reach out to the concierge every time by phone or, or going downstairs. They actually like having all of these services through the app and being able to access their unit themselves, being able to do the check-in, connecting to the Wi-Fi, all of these small things and how you interact with the, the space and the building that you're in and the neighborhood that's around you um, is very different than somebody who's in and out for two nights um, that may not be in, in a discovery mode. They may be in a kind of, you know, in and out mode. So that, that has completely changed um, and I think is something that I've seen the short-term rental segment do a lot better than, than I think the, the more traditional hotels. Mm-hmm. So let's close off our conversation today and, and 
take a look at the the SPAC merger that is that is happening uh, with Zonda. I mean, how do you plan to use this to fund the business come next year? Yeah, I mean, there are you know the the I would say the SPAC is kind of a natural evolution for us um, as a company as a, as a logical next step to for the company to be to be public. The you know we're really excited about the fact that we um, it'll provide a lot of financial runway um, and allow us to, to really execute on the growth plan that we've, that we have in mind. Um, again, like we have so much opportunity ahead of us in, in Europe, we have a lot more debt that we can go get in all of our existing markets. Um, and this, this transaction provides for us the financial means to to really execute on this on this growth the growth plan that we've put together well i wish you the best of luck with it let's do catch up at some point in the future and if i don't see you before then do have a good christmas all right thank you very much thanks for listening to the boutique hotel news podcast if you'd like to keep up to date with industry news head on over to boutiquehotelnews.com and sign up to our twice weekly newsletter